So many of us have been experiencing high levels of stress in recent years. The stats on anxiety in Australia are startling. But could laughing out loud more often make us less stressed or even happier or even boost our immune system? We're going to explore those ideas with Roz Ben-Moshe. She's a laughter and wellness expert and her new book, The Laughter Effect, aims to help us build more joy and resilience and positivity. Roz, welcome back to Life Matters. Thank you so much for having me. Roz, what actually happens to us when we laugh in our bodies? So many things. So there's those feel-good um, endorphins that are released. Uh, our blood pressure, while initially it might go up a bit, it goes back down. Uh, it actually has a similar effect in the brain as meditation. Uh, gamma waves are released in both hemispheres of the brain and it stimulates the lymphatic uh, system, which is a manual pump um, because laughter is a you know very you know aerobic activity. So it's really important for immune health as as well. And then just generally, just you know how it feels after a good laugh, you know, it just decreases those stress levels. So, you know, upregulates those, you know, positive, you know, well-being hormones and downregulate those stress ones. Yeah, it's a real release, isn't it? That kind of, as you say, that pump action of the air coming out is great. But I mean, how strong is the evidence for things like the boosting our immune system, as you said, through the lymphatic system? Because some people are going to go, laughter can do this, really? <laughs> it's true. It can. So there has been, you know, the, the field of laughter research is called gelatology. It comes from the, the Greek word, amelos, um, to laugh. And there are many types of uh, laughter therapy research, you know, projects happening around the world. And there are two types. There's the humour-based laughter therapy. So you will get people to watch a comedy and, you know, um, you know, see what, you know, measure whatever they want to measure in their body physiologically. And then there is the non-humour-based, like laughter yoga, intentional laughter practices. So they've found that, um, well, both both laughter therapy has, you know, profound impact on, on our physiology, but it's actually easier to control the simulated laughter. It's easy to dose. It's like, you, you know, you're not relying on that sense of humour to kick in. Does that have the same effect, though, the same impact? It, it does, because our bodies cannot think. Our bodies can only feel. And essentially, it you know, those, those feel-good hormones are released, uh, you know, those endorphins, you know, giving us a dose of well-being, you know, by dose, I mean dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin and endorphins. How long does it last? Is it just an in-the-moment boost or does it have long-lasting impacts? It's a good question. Um, certainly in the research that I've done in aged care and also dialysis, we've found that even into the next day or so um, that people, you know, can be a bit more communicative or, you know, feel a bit more um, bright. Um, although it, that's a very good question and I think the evidence, you know, is still not quite certain um, as to how short short lived it's not it's certainly not weeks um, you know one laugh is not going to save your life <laughs> uh, but yes there's definitely a, a resultant high and we'd love to see some more research on it that into the future that sounds good we're speaking with Ros Ben Moshe whose new book the laughter effect uh, looks at all the different effects that laughter can have on us and some of the ways it's being used in different settings and places around the world to do things like defuse tension and uh, as you heard help in aged care as well. And I mean, we've, we've talked to us about the difference between intentional laughter, some people might say fake laughing, just being told to laugh and doing it because you, you have to, and the more 
spontaneous kind. And you've put this into practice or been forced to put it into practice during your life, haven't you? Tell us how you used it during your cancer diagnosis. Sure. Firstly, I'm not a fan of the the, um, the fake it until you make it or, or forced. I don't think anything should be forced. So about 10 years ago, I, I had a surprise uh, bowel cancer diagnosis and I'd already been um, facilitating laughter yoga sessions and I'd become very good at preaching about laughter being the best medicine, but then I had to imbibe it myself. And, you know, there's one thing that I think people would know about, you know, any form of abdominal surgery, whether it's for good reasons like a caesarean and a baby or the not so great reasons like, you know, for example, a bowel cancer. You physically cannot laugh after, you know, for many weeks after after sort of abdominal surgery. And I should also point out there is nothing funny about a cancer diagnosis. So this is really when my exploration of the laughter effect broadened and expanded from the physical ha-ha-ha laughter to more of a sort of experiential way of experiencing joy. So adding a smiling component to meditation, journaling with positive intent. So journaling about, for example, my you know experience with, you know, with bowel cancer through the lens of gratitude. And How they, did you do that? Well, it's very interesting. Once you sort of have that intent, it's like, how can I view this through the lens of gratitude? Is there anything small that I could be grateful for in this moment? And the reality is, is that not every day is good, but there is good in every day. And it's more about those micro moments of joy, micro moments of gratitude. So the little things that are significant. And you talked about the red Mazda effect in the book as well. Yes, yes, that's true. So whatever we, you know, place our attention on, whatever we focus on grows. So if we, you know, focus on all of the, the, you know, the stuff that doesn't go well in our day, that's what we're going to be focusing on, you know, the negative. Um, Or we can choose to focus on the things that are going well. And as I say, these can be the very small interactions we have, you know, the nice cup of tea, a blue sky day. Um, But, you know, paying attention to those things and then that grows those neural pathways directed to seeing and seeking those things in in your day. And I'll just clarify that that's if you were thinking about buying a red Mazda, suddenly you see red Mazdas everywhere where you (laughs) may not have noticed them before. It's the same with the the positivity and gratitude. Ros, what about our mental health? We talked about some of the immune boosting and blood pressure lowering capabilities of, of laughter. What about our mood and our general mental well-being? Well, laughter is is one of the the quickest ways, you know, of, of connecting to someone. You know, it's like, you know, I'm looking at you and what's happening is is that my mirror neurons are firing and wiring and yours are firing and wiring with this fabulous exchange happening. So that, you know, we can see and we can hear laughter. And that just is a sense of comfort. And the the other interesting thing is that um when when we are laughing with people, we're very much anchored into that present moment of joy. We're not thinking about past worries or future concerns. We're laughing, you know, or smiling. So it's it's a it's a sort of very sort of I suppose anchoring anchoring um, emotion. Yeah, it's a form of mindfulness mm. in a way. Tell us about taking it into aged care. What did were the results of of your experiment there? So. A few years back, I'm a colleague of, of mine from La Trobe University and I, Dr Julie Ellis, we um, 
went into four different aged care facilities. We measured blood pressure, heart rate and subjective wellbeing. So that's how, you know, we feel. And we, you know, took before and after measurements, um, which was quite interesting. And we found um, that, yes, so, so we found blood pressure dropped. We found that there was a lot more conversation after our laughter sessions and the dynamic between um, residents and staff. You know, there was just more, you know, connection. And basically, um, as the result of, you know, the surveys sort of showed that positive affect, so that's, you know, the good feeling um, was heightened and negative affect was, was lowered. So very positive results. And then a really fascinating example in the book too is about ways that it can be used uh, in conflict situations. I understand that uh, someone has taken it to Rwanda. How did that go? It's quite a heartening story. Uh, so um, a, a woman by the name of Kim O'Meara, fittingly known as Angel Kimmy, uh, Western Australian lady, she actually was diagnosed with a debilitating um, condition. And um, rather than most people who sort of might sort of go, you know, into a deep hole and, and sort of feel very sorry for themselves, she, she actually began laughing. She began laughing about everything that sort of had happened to her up until that point, even even abuse as a child. And she, along the way, she discovered laughter yoga, which was introduced through um, an Indian doctor, Dr. Madan Kataria in India. And she decided that she would go to Rwanda, of all places, and introduce laughter yoga on the premise that laughter yoga can create world peace. And it was so well received that the Rwandan reconciliation um, organisation decided to actually adopt it as one of their official strategies in reconciliation between Hutu and Tutsi populations. And it's been going really well, so well that, in fact, a Rotary International grant last year has enabled training um, of laughter yoga in 15 villages. So it's it's been a way of people being able to not diminish their trauma, but be able to deal with it in a much more, um, I suppose, um, help, you know, helpful way. Yes, yeah, I was going to say Healing. it sounds like with uh, as with uh, the person who was looking at um, Angel Kimmy looking at the at, and laughing at um, some of the things that had happened to her including childhood abuse that I imagine would be part of a suite of uh, therapeutic interventions and the same in Rwanda. It would be part of a, an overarching structure of engagements with people there. We're yes. speaking with Ros Ben-Mosher about laughter therapy and her book The Laughter Effect and Ros, uh, just as we finish up, I uh, was interested to see that you, you've got quite a lot of practical ideas for incorporating laughter into our lives. Because for a lot of us, it's, it feels really weird to to uh, make ourselves laugh, not force ourselves mm. laugh as you, uh, to laugh, as you said, but just to kind of incorporate that where it's not the spontaneous result of a joke with friends. But you talk about parenting with humour and laughter. Perhaps tell us some of those ideas. Sure. Well, firstly, whatever you practice, you get good at. So the more that, you know, we actually have practical ways to action uh, these, you know, a positive mindset is obviously a good thing. So it can be just a little thing. So with the littlies, for example, um, you know, if you're if your little one sort of has, you know, trips over their laces or something and it's nothing too, you know, too traumatic, um, you know, there are, I suppose, a couple of responses. One is that, oh, my gosh, that is so terrible, oh, you poor thing. 
Or there is the other responses, oh, what a silly little lace. Did it trip you up? <laughs> you know, so you actually, um, you know, acknowledge what happens, but, you know, you're responding with more levity. Um, and that, and you know, there are many things we can do, you know, for the, for the non-communicative, you know, teenagers. You know, have a ritual around the dining table. You know, did anything funny happen to you today? You know, or is there anything remotely good or um, joyful, um, you know, about you know, your day. Uh, and, you know, it's creating these habits and that is what creates the habitat in which, you know, we live in. That gratitude perspective can be very handy. A few texts to finish up with, Ros Ben Moshe. One just says, if I ever need a laughter therapist, I'm out of here. That's one perspective. Another says, I suffer from anxiety and often self-induced stress because of the anxiety. I've always watched funny films like Peter Sellers' Pink Panther, for example. Anything that lifts you up, it's been my life-saving strategy in many respects. Exercise helps too, says Steve. And another says, as a teenager, I made a very conscious decision to smile more. It completely changed my life. It changed the way I felt about everything. And it drastically changed the way other people saw me, which had a big big impact on the way I saw myself. More laughter naturally followed. And now I'm someone who laughs really easily and often, even when things aren't going well. And I constantly get told that my laugh is infectious and how much people like to hear it. And those are key planks of Ros Ben Mosher's book, The Laughter Effect. Ros, thanks for chatting with us again today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Roz is a laughter, wellness and positivity expert and a lecturer at La Trobe University School of Public Health and Psychology. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.